T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 613 on this Monday morning, February 27th. Two days left in February. You'd never know it by the weather, though. Man, it feels like April or May, and it's going to maybe record heat today. Highs in the mid-80s. Tomorrow, they're saying not as humid. Highs in the mid-80s as well, but I guess we'll see about that. Warm and breezy Wednesday, mid-80s, mid-80s, all the way till Thursday. Then a chance for storms late and a little bit of a respite. Nice and breezy, highs of 70 on Friday, 66 on Saturday, 66 on Sunday. So if we can just hang in a little weekend, maybe we'll uh, we'll get some some fresh air. I know I cleaned oak leaves out of the attic, and not the attic, the gutter, and all over the uh, yard and everything on Saturday. Spent the entire day doing that. Was so tired yesterday, it was hard to get out of bed, and you looked at the yard and you couldn't even tell. Chris Winter joins us now, sleep specialist, neurologist, author of The Sleep Solution and the Rested Child. How are you doing, Doc? Doing just fine, Tommy. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. I guess sometimes, I was mentioning my yard work, sometimes you just got to stay in bed if you're too tired, right? I agree. I think that if you haven't gotten the sleep you need, that's that's a good time to skip the gym or skip your early morning yard work if that's what you've got planned, if you can. That's hard to do. You know, I remember one time moving... Uh, for a radio job to Las Vegas, and the mover didn't show up. And, and the next day, after moving all of this stuff, a lot of weights and all that stuff, I couldn't even get out of bed. Some people force themselves, and I guess, how do you get out of that routine so that it doesn't affect you come Monday morning? Is it better just to stay in bed even if you doze the whole day, or should you get back up and get up, rather, and then get back to your regular routine? I think it's probably best if you get up and get your routine going, have some breakfast, get some sun in your face, you know, walk the dogs, move your body. And then if you still feel like you need sleep, you know, take a nap. That's perfectly fine. That way you get the little bit of extra sleep you need to make up for the flight that was late or whatever kept you up the next the, the day before. But you also keep that morning rhythm in check, which the more we learn about circadian rhythms and schedules the more we see just how important that consistency is there is something to that because otherwise there would be no jet lag right that's right that's funny i just last night at midnight my podcast episode this week was jet lag you're exactly right that's when your internal clock suddenly becomes desynchronized with your environment and it's really disruptive Uh, there was a article and i think it was 2021 that was basically something like this chronic jet lag caused cancer and it probably does we've thought that about shift work for some time so whenever you're taking your body through unnatural you know um, 
alignments with our environment, it can be problematic to our health. A lot of times you book these trips and they, and they, you get the red eye to wherever you're going, be it Ireland or Europe or wherever, and the first day counts as one of the days of the trip. But really, after spending the night on the plane, it's kind of hard to enjoy that first day. Doc, what should you do in that situation? It is. You know, that, that red eye is tough if you're not somebody who's particularly good at sleeping on a plane. or um, So, you know, there are medications that you can take um, to sort of help you with that. You know, I always tell people, I, you know, I, I know it's, it's difficult to find that extra day, but depending on the direction that you're traveling, it's sometimes a good idea to just go ahead and build in an extra day of just adaptation to your new environment. Yeah, I think that's one way they kind of, I hate to say hose you on the deal, but they do in a way because it's like you get six days in Italy. Well, you really don't because you had the red eye out there, and then <laughs> the first day is. Um, tell me about your books, The Rested Child and The Sleep Solution. Yeah, so The Rested Child is a book for parents who have children um, just to educate you about sleep in your children of all ages, not just when they're born and you're trying to get them to sleep through the night and take a consistent nap, but really the teenage years all the way up to, you know, sort of the college years, the different things that to be looking out for and be aware of when it comes to their sleep. And the sleep solution is really for adults who struggle with their own sleep who can't sleep. For kids, people that are having a hard time getting their kids up this morning, um, getting them ready for school, come on, dragging them by the feet, especially maybe after the week off of Mardi Gras. Any hints after a week off to get them back on their schedule pretty quickly, or do you just suck it up and do it? Yeah, it's probably the morning. Um, I mean, if somebody said, look, the bigger problem is there's what parents want and what kids will do. If you've got a willing child, you know, getting up early in the morning or getting up, you know, on time in the morning and exercising. So this would be a great time to say to your older child, hey, not only do I need you up this morning, but I need you to help me, you know, walk the dog while I'm getting breakfast together. So getting outside, getting some 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 exercise, getting your body temperature up, all those things can can be really helpful. Uh, the bigger thing, too, is that this is also also a time when people, you know, will come home from you know school or want to you know, sleep in or take a nap. This is probably not a great time to do any of those things because, that will take the sort of hiccup that is Mardi Gras and prolong it. You know, if you can get your kid back on that schedule, back on their exercise program or in their sport, this this too shall pass. As I had my third cup of coffee at about quarter to four this morning, I was wondering, knowing that you were coming on, what would it look like? Were there no, if there was no caffeine, um, no work schedules, we were all sleeping in the woods doing whatever. What would that look like, Doctor? Will we, will we all just get up when uh, eventually morph to where we get up when the sun comes up and go to bed when the sun goes down? Yeah, so it's an interesting concept. If you, if, you, if you sort of took away all those externals, yeah, we would. We would all sort of fall into that you know, adult, meaning seven to nine-hour range of sleep, and we would all generally be awake when the sun is up and generally asleep when it's down. And, and that really has to do with two chemicals. One's adenosine, which is the chemical that the harder we party at Mardi Gras, the more yard work that we do, the more we tend to want to seek sleep. So exercise and, and energy expenditure sort of builds that chemical up. 
But the other chemical is melatonin, which aligns our sleep with the sun. So that's the reason why we'll, we're getting up and, and running around during the day in your scenario and all the raccoons are getting to go to bed because they have a completely <laughs> different response to melatonin. So we can thank melatonin for aligning us all together as generally wanting to be awake when the sun is out and, and, and when the sun goes down. And there'll be people in our group that stay up a little bit later and other people who get up earlier. But by and large, your scenario is exactly right. Uh, let's take a break. Always interesting when Dr. Chris Winters with her sleep specialist and neurologist, author of The Sleep Solution and The Rested Child. If you have any questions about sleep, uh, text them in at 504-260-1870 for you or the kids, and I'll pass them along. We come back. One of them already comes in. A question does. Dr. Chris, you can answer when we come back about swing shifters, and there are some of those people in my neighborhood that I'll see every couple of weeks leaving as I do, but then they don't because I know they're working at night. And that's got to be tough to adjust to. And somebody else has a story about a missing sock that I find intriguing. And we'll go into that when we come back as well. 621, it's time for traffic now on WWL. 625 and a half, Tommy Tucker, WWL, doing our best to help you and the kids get a good night's sleep. Spending an hour with Dr. Chris Winter, our friend, sleep specialist, neurologist, author of The Sleep Solution and The Rested Child. Somebody texted in, Doc. About Let me combine a couple of texts here. Maybe you can address them all. Any tips for swing shift people? Any tips on how to help a night shift nurse sleep during the day or supplements that can be taken to help sleep during the day? I feel like if my brain knows the sun is up, there's no possible way I can sleep during the day, even with blackout curtains, and I completely dark brown. I think I missed a part of the text there, but I think you get the drift, right? Yeah, so I, I can appreciate that. You know, it's shift work is not a topic I've covered yet on the on the show, but it's an important one. Um, and but we did a uh, an episode. I, I do a podcast called Sleep Unplugged. Episode fourteen was on circadian rhythms, and that's probably the place to start. Um, you can sleep when it's dark. You know, shift work often bleeds over into a little bit of insomnia treatment. You know, people who say, I can't sleep on a plane or I can't sleep when I get home from work. You can. What you don't want to do is kind of create that mental expectation of, you know, I'm somebody who can't sleep, and then you can fill in the blank. So keeping things dark, things dark is really important. The other thing, too, is I always tell people in those situations, stop focusing on sleep and focus on rest, meaning your job is to get home and be in the dark, quiet, comfortable bedroom for 30 minutes with your eyes closed, thinking nice thoughts. And if you fall asleep, great. If you don't, those 30 minutes of resting really make a difference. So what we want to do is sort of rid ourselves of this expectation that if we don't get in bed and become unconscious faster, that we're not benefiting our body. That has helped me, doctor, more than you know, because I used to struggle a lot. And then I get back, and when I, when I start to do it, I start thinking about what you said. And it's like, well, let's not worry about sleeping. Let's just enjoy the fact that the room is dark, it's cold, the bed is uh, or cold. I like it cold. The, the, the mattress is extremely comfortable. The sheets are clean and crisp. Everything's good. Just enjoy it. Don't worry about pushing yourself to sleep. And inevitably, it works. Absolutely. No, I, it, you know, the, the quicker you can become... Uh, equally happy resting as you are sleeping, it really is a game changer for a lot of people. All right, here we go. If I want to try melatonin to help me sleep, how long before my normal bedtime should I take it? And should I take one pill or two pills to try and get at least six hours of sleep? I know you got some feelings about that. Yeah, so on the our 
our podcast, we did an episode on sleeping pills. And, and like I said, I just did one on jet lag last night. And, and the reason I mentioned those two episodes are I, I'm not a big fan of melatonin. Um, it's not a drug that really is intended to help us or really make us sleep. Um, it's a drug that's important for timing. So like you were talking about, if we lived out in the woods with no coffee and no jobs or electricity, we would be awake during the day and sleep during the night because of the natural melatonin that we make. So rather than using a medication like melatonin to help you sleep, I would recommend being outside, exercising, really taking advantage of your own melatonin. However, if you are somebody who travels a lot or if you're a shift worker like we were talking, it can be useful as you adjust shifts. So if you're 7A to 7P and you do that for a few weeks and you switch over to 7P, 7A, being smart about the timing of your melatonin and the days leading up to and after your transition, you can, or if you're traveling to Morocco to do something fun, you can use melatonin to help with that adjustment. Let me take a break. We come back. I got a couple of questions about sleepwalking. One of them says, I went to sleep last night with two socks on my feet, as I normally do. I woke up this morning with one sock. I found it in the garage, and I live alone. So you can talk about that, doctor, if you will, uh, as well as somebody who texted and said, sleepwalking in children 10 to 20 is still an issue. I have them. I, myself, as a child, sleepwalked. Uh, According to siblings, did I just outgrow it? Please ask. So we'll talk about sleepwalking when we come back. Somebody else wants to know about marijuana for helping you to get to sleep. And the phone lines are open. The text lines at 504-260-1870. Tommy Tucker back in a flash with Dr. Chris Winter on WWL. 643, 17 before 7. Tommy Tucker, glad you're with us. Here on WWL, talking to Dr. Chris Winter, sleep specialist, neurologist, author of The Sleep Solution, The Rested Child. So... Doctor, let's talk about um, sleepwalking. Two texts. One I'm asking about, is it normal for kids to sleepwalk uh, and age out of it? How does that work? And then another one about a missing sock. Somebody that sleeps alone, they said they went to bed with two socks, woke up with one, went through the bedding, couldn't find it, and then they found it in the garage. Um, thoughts on that? Either one. Jump in where you feel comfortable. Yeah, no. Parasomnias are... Uh sort of the name for all the unusual behaviors you do at night and sleepwalking or somnambulism is one of them. And it is considered to be somewhat of a normal variant in young people. And generally they outgrow it to, to have it as an older individual is a little bit more concerning just because people can do unusual things or hurt themselves. So I think if somebody is, is, is frequently sleepwalking, that's probably a good idea to talk to a sleep specialist about it to make sure that, you know, an individual is safe. There's some people who put alarms on or bells on doors so people know that the sleepwalker in the family is getting ready to leave. But it can be indicative of something going on with your sleep that can be fixed and treated. If you if this person lives alone, as they say, should, are they at any risk of anything or? Well, it's it's hard. So the answer is yes, but it's sometimes hard to know exactly what you're at risk for, just because the average individual who sleepwalks isn't really aware exactly of what what they're doing. You know, they they may see the sock in the garage, or they may wake up in a place where they didn't go to bed. But what's happening specifically during the night is sort of a 
you know, sort of a black box in terms of, of recollection. So just because you don't remember doing it doesn't mean you didn't do it. be a great name for a book, wouldn't it? The Sock in the Garage or a movie, perhaps, some type of horror movie, <laughs> The Sock in the Garage. That's, that's a good one. I'm, well, we haven't done a podcast episode on sleepwalking yet, but my, that, I usually give it a little secondary title. That might be a good one. Good, right take there. it. The Sock in the Garage. The um, Sock in the Garage. Somebody texted in about marijuana, using that to go to sleep, and I'll throw in alcohol. I presume you're not a big fan of that. Yeah, alcohol in particular is very bad for sleep. I mean, one thing that people need to sort of separate is sedation and sleep, meaning that I think you could make an argument that alcohol is a fantastic sedative. If you drink enough, you will most likely become unconscious. That's not the same as good sleep. And so we never really want to align those. If you want to have a alcoholic beverage during a Mardi Gras celebration or a beer with a steak, you know, go right ahead and do it. Just don't have the association in your mind that you're doing something positive for your sleep, your rest, and your recovery because you're absolutely not. And I think you can put the same thing in terms of marijuana. I mean, I think you know, taking a step back and looking at well, why do we do these things, it's because we put this big premium on getting into bed and becoming unconscious quickly because in this climate and this culture, that's what we consider to be good sleep. And good sleep can be there even if it takes you 35 minutes or an hour to fall asleep. We really divorce this idea of fast sedation equaling good sleep because it's like fast eating equaling a good meal. No, it doesn't have anything to do with the meal at all. It's just how fast you're shoving food in your face and <laughs> sleep sort of the same way. Um, what about on the other end of it, stimulants when you wake up and caffeine? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think that negatively of caffeine as long as somebody's not really leaning on it. You know, I've seen some really kind of surprisingly bad outcomes from high caffeine use in individuals, you know, strokes and things like that. But if you're somebody that likes to get up and, I mean, I'm going to make my latte as soon as I get off the phone with you, I, it's sort of my guilty pleasure that, that I enjoy every morning and kind of sip on it during my clinic. Um, it's perfectly fine. I just think that if you're somebody, you know, I always ask the question, if caffeine disappeared from your life, what would happen? In my case, I'd be disappointed, but I'd be fine. If somebody's saying, look, I don't think I could make it through a day without, you know, heavy caffeine use, then I think we need to turn our microscope back on our sleep and ask, A, are we getting enough? And B, is the quality good? Not this weekend, but the weekend following daylight saving time returns. Any suggestions on how to deal with the transition? Yeah, no, I think that the, we, we've already experienced the easier transition and the more difficult one is coming. You know, I think there's a couple ways you can do it. And we did a whole episode of this, the Sleep Unplugged podcast on daylight saving time where I kind of go through that. It's, it was on October 4th. It's episode 18. I think pre-planning can be helpful, meaning that, if, you, if, if you're somebody who's struggled with it in the past, changing your bedtime and wake time, you know, by 15 minutes, you know, he, for a couple of days and then another 15 minutes for a couple of days leading up to the transition does help. You know, it does make it easier. It's sort of like travel that we talked about in our last episode. When we travel west, it's a lot easier than travel east, traveling east because this is generally easier for us to stay up a little bit later than it is for us to go to bed earlier. 
So I think that this is the transition where we really want to be disciplined about our wake-up time. So even if you, you know, go to bed on, on, on Saturday night, or I'm sorry, on Sunday night, and you struggle, that getting up on Monday morning at the right time, uh, exercising a little bit, and not napping uh, really makes a difference in this transition. Yeah, let's talk about napping, the importance of napping. I'm getting a couple of texts about that. Is there an ideal time for a nap? Not not time of day, but length, I should say. Yeah, I mean, napping is interesting um, in the sense that I think that go, taking a nap a little bit earlier in the day is helpful. I also think that individuals who um, keep their naps relatively short, that can be helpful as well, too, in the sense that um, you know, if, if you sleep for a long period of time, a lot of times that kind of messes up. Uh, your 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 sleep the upcoming night. So we always tell people trying to kind of keep your naps to around, I don't know, you know, 15 to 30 minutes. I always tell people when you nap, you are seeking rest, like we talked about. You're not seeking sleep. So, you know, closing your eyes for 15 minutes, you know, during the day, putting your feet up, even if you don't fall asleep, can be re- remarkably restorative. And I think that napping is for people who generally sleep well. Um, what you want to avoid is the individual gets in bed. It took them three hours to fall asleep last night, which is unfortunate, but not that big of a deal. Um, you get up at the regular time. I think napping for that individual, when you had the opportunity to sleep but chose not to do it you know, for whatever reason, can take a difficult, one isolated difficult night and turn it into a bunch of bad nights. And we did an episode on uh, napping. It's episode 17, The Truth About Napping, on the podcast if you want more information. Now, Aristotle, uh, Einstein, others have this technique where they held a spoon, I think it is. They put a plate underneath the spoon, and then they, they nap just until they release the spoon. The plate hits the spoon, they wake up, and then they feel rested. Apparently, it... It worked for Einstein, so who am I to question that? 651, 9 till 7, more when we come back with Dr. Chris Winter, sleep specialist, neurologist, author of The Sleep Solution and The Rested Child. I got a question about uh, shift work again, and also somebody says they work the same schedule as I do about. They drive a bread truck, and they're constantly tired. And I know I've spoken to people who have done mornings in radio, and no matter what, they're tired all of their life. And I think that just goes along with it. We'll see what Dr. Winter thinks when we come back. 6.52, 8 till 7. Traffic now on WWL. 6.56 and a half. Tommy Tucker, WWL. Thanks for getting your Monday morning started with us. Two days left in February. Chris Winter, our guest sleep specialist, neurologist, author of The Sleep Solution and the rested child doctor. I've been doing mornings about my whole career. And I, and I was talking to my ex-wife a couple of weeks ago, asking, when I, when I was 30, was I tired all the time? She said, yeah, you were. So I guess there are some jobs that if the schedule is just so horrendous, you're going to be tired and there's nothing you can do about it? Well, there's probably always something you can do about it. But, you know, genetically, we are sort of predisposed to be either morning types or night owls. And I have a personal belief that in general it tends to push us towards jobs that sort of align with that if you're a night owl you might be a trauma surgeon if you're a morning person you're a radio host or an elementary school teacher but you know not always so there are things we can do to better align ourselves you know uh, there's like a little device i was 
demonstrating a, a little while back that you put on your face when you wake up in the morning and it shines sort of a blue-green light in your eyes. It kind of helps wake you up and, 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 and perhaps sort of adjust your circadian rhythm. But no, I think that there are certain things like, you know, shift work that do make people feel tired. And, and this is one of the things that's causing us to sort of look at these jobs and wonder, are we putting people at risk? And even the people who would say, oh, I love my you know, job where I have to wake up and bake bread at 3 a.m. You know, are these things that do carry with them some degree of inherent risk? But, um, you know, if you're struggling with shift work, this is considered a medical diagnosis. It's called shift work sleep disorder, and you can talk to a sleep specialist. There are actually FDA-approved medications to help with that if you always feel tired. It can at least keep you safe. No human being should be awake at 3.30. That's my feeling, doctor. If you're out at night, it's time to go home. If you're getting up, you need to go back to bed. But that's just the way it works out for some of us. Thank you, doctor. I appreciate your time. Oh, you bet. Have a good day. Dr. Chris Winter, sleep specialist, neurologist, author of The Sleep Solution and the Rested Child. I hope we answered your questions as many as we could get to. From the tax line, the Oakland Heart Jeweler. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 